Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday, February 17th, and we are back for a little bit of a baseball preview. TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes, and Mike Martin Jr. making, I think this is your third or fourth time on the show. I'm not sure, but how are you doing, Coach? Everything's good, TJ. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. We always appreciate you coming on and talking a little bit with us. Um, maybe the last time you were on was the beginning of last season. I, I don't remember exactly, but another opening day you've gone through quite a few opening days through your career as like a kid growing up i'm sure and then a player playing and now you know assistant coach for a bunch of years and now this as a head coach like is it still like exciting is it still like man finally back again or talk to us a little about opening day well it is exciting but it's uh, it's extremely nerve-wracking too because i having been terrible as a player on opening day and um, you know, my old man telling me, you'll say, you know, what are you doing, son, more times on opening day than you will for a whole month. Because um, guys, they just get so amped up. It's, they've been so long since they've played. And um, then you throw in, you know, full capacity and, you know, get Hauser rocking. I'm looking forward to watching our guys perform. But, um, you know, I do not – opening day is just – it's just different. There's something something different about it ready to get through the weekend. <laughs> so there's a lot less. Is there more hype around an opening day game or like a big, like, you know, the Miami Florida games? There, there's, there's three of them. You got the opening day and then you get the, the first rivalry game and then you get the first rivalry game on, or the first road game and then the first rivalry game, then the first rivalry road game on the road and then first postseason game. And then, you know, Omaha, it's, it, there's a bunch of, you know, levels to it. And, um, you know, we've just got to get them to where they're comfortable in uncomfortable situations. They did a good job last year in, in some of those big games. And we, we haven't talked to you since then, but obviously the the week of the year probably was the, you know, um, the beat down of Florida and then the beat down of Miami three times. I know we talked with you quite a while ago about those, but um, how good did that week feel? And was it almost like, could you even like, and I'll, I'll double that question up and make the answer too, but like, was some of it a little bit surreal? Like, you know, you think about like Kobe getting into a hot streak on the court and he's just like, man, everything I'm shooting is going in or MJ doing that or whatever, or guy getting like, was some of it like, man, this is pretty insane that we just keep killing things right now. Well, with the Sunday game against Virginia tech on the road was what kind of started it. Um, you know, we really just, we got hot. <clears throat> we had made the move, you know, because we were scuffling so bad offensively. That's when I called a staff meeting late, Saturday night, I said, "Men, this is sink or swim. This is what we're going to do. We got to give it a whirl because we got to find some more contact and uh, kind of spice things up, if you will." And that's when we went to Wyatt Crawl hitting, uh, Parker Messick hitting, and Davis Hare. And um, you know, we win that game, and then come play Florida at home, and things went our way. We jumped on them early, and we pitched it very well, and um, you know, and then went to Miami, and that that was something that. Um, you know, it's really, really hard to do. And, um, you know, it was a great stretch. And, um, you know, we're eight and two so far against our rivals. And, um, you know, we want to keep that trend, you know, positive towards the Knowles. Yeah. And coach, it, you know, it seems like this is your first somewhat normal year entering a, a college baseball season, uh, although there is some uncertainty with everything going on. But uh, w one thing that's not uncertain is high expectations for Florida State. The ACC coaches picked you guys to finish first place in the league this year. 
Um, what is it different about entering a league or entering a season with such high expectations, um, especially when it comes from the coaches? Obviously, the media, they have their polls as well. But to have your peers say, I, I think Florida State might be the team to beat this year. That, that's got to be pretty cool, but also comes with pretty high uh, expectations, as I said. It does, but the expectations don't change around here. You know, uh, the traditions built, the guys that came before our player, current players and the great coaches that have been here. And, um, you know, our fans expect it. And that's what we want. Um, it's it's kind of like the, the Yankees. You know, why are they good all the time? Well, it's because it's expected. And, um, you know, we don't want those expectations to be anything other than, you know, winning 40 games and getting to Omaha. And, um, you know, we want to win the last game, just like every other club that's come before us. But, um, you know, we're, we are, we're pretty good. And, you know, guys, have, we're only going to be as good as the guys accepting their roles. We've got a lot of, you know, talent, especially on the pitching staff and guys, you know, there's not going to be innings for everybody in the way that they want them, whether it's a starting role or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. So if, as long as they accept and understand that, we're, you know, we got to stay even keeled, the highs can't be too high and the lows can't be too low. Um, you know, I feel like we've got a chance to be, you know, really a good club. And coach, we'll get into the arms on the, on the staff. Cause they, you guys seem loaded this year, but the guy catching them is going to be a little bit of a difference for the team this year. Matthew Nelson obviously has moved on uh, huge shoes to fill. Uh, how's it looking behind the plate right now, as far as who's going to step in to replace him? Yeah. Colton Vincent won the job and um, you know, he's a guy that was with us last year. But Mike Metcalf's done a fantastic job along with Colton's hard work. Um, we're going to get probably a little bit more defensively out of Colton than we did out of uh, Nelly. You know, Colton can really, really do it behind the plate. And I promise you guys, I've never seen a guy throw. Uh, I mean, he's throwing out 80% of our, the runners this spring training. And we've run a ton. And he's got a strong arm. It's very accurate. Um, he's playing with confidence. No, we're not going to get the bat that we got with Nelson, but we feel like from Alex Terrell and, you know, some other guys, Logan Lacey, we can, we can, you know, hang in there. It's, it's not going to be sit back and wait for a home run uh, because we couldn't run and we swung and missed too much last year. We're going to be able to put guys in motion because we have the, a different looking offense, a totally different looking offense. Um, talk to us a little bit. Richie alluded to it, but talk to us a little bit about the pitchers. Uh, you returned some guys um, that were great last year, but just talk about the staff overall um, and, and your thoughts there. Well, you got at the top Friday and Saturday, you got, you know, Parker Messick, Bryce Hubbard, and those two are, are cut from the, the greatness. We call it the greatness cloth, the way they go about their business, the way they uh, never, they stay hungry and humble, even though they're, they have success. They know there's always room for improvement. Uh, and then you throw Ross Dunn, who's got the big equipment, but he didn't, you know, field his position, didn't hold runners. The game kind of sped up on him last year. Um, he was as dominant as anybody on our pitching staff this spring training. So he's going to go third. Uh, we're going to – those are three straight lefties. We're also going to have a left-handed closer and Jonas Galero. Um, they, he came back with a changeup that's made him a totally different guy. He's always been able to spin it, you know, fastballs in, you know, He's competitive. He holds runners. He fills his position. He's a perfect ninth inning guy. He's got the experience to go along with it as well. So, um, you know, then we've got the Jackson Bowmeisters, you know, coming out of the bullpen. He could be a fifth starter. Jackson the Zoo could be a fifth starter. But, you know, we will find somebody to those four or five starts that we have um, in a double midweek situation. Um, but we're just going to, again, keep them fresh, 
keep them sharp. We're going to, the game's going to take a little longer. I'm going to get my old butt to the mound as fast as I can, but we're going to use a ton of guys to, you know, to do that, to get them out there. And um, everybody have, you know, has their role. And I, if they accept it and, you know, we stay healthy, we'll be, you know, right where we want to be. Nobody's going to complain about extra time inside of uh, Dick Hauser. Just don't do any of those 16, 17, 18 inning games on us this year. I know those are <laughs> those are the ones that they just about kill people. <laughs> um, some transfers. Alex Torrell uh, from Miami, uh, Oklahoma State. We've got a guy from there. Um, UF uh, picked up a guy. Uh, you know, people hear about the transfer portal and think about those things like with football, but talk just a little bit about what that's been like and navigating that, you know, transfers in, in this new kind of age of college athletics. And it is, it's real. And, you know, you got to give guys second chances, right? Everybody makes a mistake. And, you know, a couple of guys went to the dark side. <laughs> they got their heads beat in last year and wanted to come play with us. <laughs> right. So, you're always worried about continuity and camaraderie and what's the clubhouse going to be like when you bring in anybody. And now you're talking about rival, you know, transfers and, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this is, could be, you know, a disaster. But we had to do it. And it's worked out 70 percent better than I ever dreamed it would. And I mean that like that. I've had Reese Albert and <clears throat> Kyle McMullen and guys come up to me and say, Coach, that is the best clubhouse I've been in. Um, you know, we brought in Brock Mathis at the break, catcher Oklahoma State. Um, he's just a good, you know, person and they want to win, you know, they're, this is their last hurrah at it. And, you know, they're all Brett Roberts and Terrell and, um, you know, it's just, it's been a, a dream so far. And again, they don't care. They look, we're going to do our thing. We're going to do it together. And, you know, it doesn't matter where we came from, you know, we're Seminoles now and um, I'm really excited for them. Yeah. And coach, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit there, but what was that initial phone call? Like when they're the portal, was it you, you and your staff contacting them? Was it them contacting you? How does that happen? Because obviously with college football, anyone goes anywhere and nothing's a surprise anymore, but to get a player from both of your key rivals, that's pretty interesting, at least from a, a fan perspective. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a different day and age and you know, our, we constantly were checking the portal. And the reason we had people are like, well, why'd you put yourself in that predicament? I'm like, well, we recruit real early. So there's, there was a, you know, a long period of time in which we're recruiting, you know, and the kids are like, you know, no, because we don't know who the head coach is going to be. So that put us in a pinch to where we're like, oh my gosh. And well, the COVID happens and the portal happens and, you know, it's been, uh, it's been <laughs> quite a ride, you know, I get the job and, have a good club and get shut down and small draft and another year, here comes more COVID and, you know, (laughs) bigger draft, but it's still small. And, you know, all the guys are bouncing from place to place. It's just a totally different animal. And, um, you know, but again, I I like the club. I like the camaraderie and, um, you know, we just, we're excited to get going. They're tired of playing each other. Yeah. There used to be a saying in, in college football recruiting, especially that, you know, if you're not first, you're last to, to steal one from Ricky to Bobby and Talladega Knights. But now if you finish second, who knows, maybe two, three years down the line, that, that kid may fall into your lap. So definitely something interesting to, to keep an eye on. Um, that's that, I always, that I learned from my old man is not for any other reason, just it's the right thing to do. Don't you ever 
berate a kid if he doesn't choose Florida State. Don't you ever, you know, you be yeah. professional, you you uh, do it the right way. And I, you know, told the guys, not knowing that the portal was ever going to happen, I just that's the way I was taught. Look, if the guy, you know, doesn't you know choose this, don't you dare berate him. You be professional and kind and courteous and wishing the best of luck. And um, you know, and that's what that's what happened with a couple of these guys. And I, I think a lot of our fans for all sports could take that same advice. Uh, just because he doesn't pick your school is not the end of the world, people. Don't we, worry about it. We um, benefit from it at times, too. I mean, Dalvin Cook, you know, was a Gator until he was, you know, he actually was a Tiger first. And, and then, Florida, and, yeah. you know, until science, you know, was a Gator. And so, I mean, you know, as bad as it is at times with us, it's never been that bad. Like, we've never lost a, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Um, and last thing, Coach, and I'll, I'll let TJ close it out here, but – um, you know, you've been on our show several times. Someone who's been on here multiple times is uh, the former booster president, Michael Alford, now athletic director. Obviously, he was named into that role early this year. Uh, just thoughts on him uh, overall. Obviously, I, I know you guys have a great working relationship, but it had to be nice to have someone familiar uh, named athletic director, um, you know, with the vacancy and, and the questions kind of looming. Yeah, it, it might have been great, you know. Um He's a baseball guy. He he knows what it's supposed to look like, what the facilities are supposed to look like. Um, he comes to practice all the time. Uh, he, I love to talk baseball with him, you know, and, um, you know, he's on it. We get we're, where we're at. You know, football's got to be taken care of. Basketball's got to be taken care of. And then you'll get down to us. But he he truly believes that, you know, it's a money-making. You know, he was at Mississippi State where they just sold 13,000 season tickets. Yeah, they won the national championship, but they hadn't done anything, and you know, really that great. They got some tradition, but they sold ten thousand season tickets last year. So, it's um, you know, he wants to do that, and you know, he's got great ideas, he's got vision, and um, you know, he's been a blessing for us. We definitely enjoyed having him here. I was glad that glad that he was named the AD. I know you're super busy, and we'll let you go here, but um, how motivating is it to uh, watch some of the runs that the other the other programs have gone on. Like when you know, I'm watching this game where Lonnie and them are beating the heck out of Tennessee right now. And then, you know, right there beside you guys, Mark and then win the national championship. I mean, how much, how much, how much like, cause I mean, your guys are competitive too. And when they see the girls make the college world series on their side, does that kind of like rile them up and say like, all right, we, we gotta, we gotta get going here and, and do some stuff. And also like, how are you able to follow any of what's going on when you're in season or is it too, is it too like head down and blinders on while, while you're coaching? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, unfortunately, you know, free time from here until you know, the season ends. Um, but yeah, it's inspiring. You know, you set the bar. I remember Coach Bowden sending my old man like in 1980. He made his first club and made it to the College World Series. And, uh, and then Coach Bowden sent him a handwritten note. Thank you for setting the bar. He said, we're going to get there and we're going to be, you know, something that you're proud of. And, Everybody takes pride in their their sport, and we've got a lot of great coaches on campus and great teams, and um, you know we're we're you know all in this together. Because if you go back and look, when we've been really good, it goes hand in hand with football and basketball, and everybody's yeah. you know back in the day when we had it all rolling, and um, you know we're, I really truly feel we're going to get back to that, to where we're the dominant you know sports and athletic department in the country. Yeah. I'll ask you this and I'll let you go, but we, we haven't chatted with you since um, Coach Bowden's passing. And so you brought him up. And so I'll, I'll ask you and then we'll get you out of here. But 
Can you just tell us, you know, I know it's hard to maybe encapsulate in like a 30 second answer or whatever, but can you just talk a little bit about coach Bowden uh, specifically? I, I've tried to ask everybody that's come on, you know, since he passed. Uh, and I think it's fun to kind of like compile those, some of those stories and stuff. So I know you can go forever and you got some things to attend to, so you don't have to, but I know this is putting you on the spot. Can you talk a little bit about coach? Bowden? I love, I'll talk about coach Bowden, you know, till the cows come home. He, he was as genuine, uh, loving, caring, you know, God couldn't make a better human being. And, but, but he was extremely witty. People, you know, that didn't really know him, uh, know how witty he was. Uh, a couple of stories. Um, I live, we lived, I grew up down the street from where he lived. And um, so one time I was late for curfew and came by his house a little too fast. And um, so, pumping gas a couple of days later. And he says, um, hey, mate, hey, coach, how are you? He goes, I see you're still driving that white blazer. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, he's like, you need to slow it down. I said, <laughs> got it. He said I was went outside or whatever else to, to uh, take the dog. I forget what he was, but he said, you came flying by there. Don't make me call your old man. I said, yes, sir. I promise I won't ever do it again. <laughs> And then um, one of the I had to take him to see somebody. Um, the head of the FCA uh, director was in hospice, and he was a longtime friend of Coach Bowden's. And uh, so I went to pick him up. Somebody contacted me. Can you get Coach Bowden over here to, uh, you know, to see him? He's he's not going to make it. And I said sure. So I went and I called him, Coach Bowden. Of course he answered, and, and I said, can you can I come get you? And he said yes. So I'm coming up the steps. I park and I'm coming up the steps. And I say, hey, coach, I said, looking great. I said, getting around great. He said, yeah, not bad for a 90-year-old. He goes, I bet you won't make that number. But <laughs> 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 so, when we talked, you know, at length, you know, where the hospice was, and you know, we talked at length about this and that and the world and, um, you know, how he, you know, he wants to make sure that, you know, we're trying to make motors of men. He said, there's, there's not enough people out there. That's why this world's going to, you know, hell in a handbasket. There's, we're not doing right by the kids. And I said, you know, I learned from a guy who thought just like you thought and believed what you believed. And yes, we were passing that along. Man, that's awesome. Well, we, yeah. Mike, we, we definitely appreciate you uh, for taking some time. We're excited um, to tune in and see the games this weekend. I'm coming up next week. So, Excited to get up there and see it in person. If we can ever pull Richie up to Tallahassee again, we'll, we'll get him to a game. But thank you so much for, for your time today. Thank you for um, sharing a few minutes with us, and we really, really appreciate it, Coach. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Go Knowles. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Coach. Mike Martin Jr., meet. He's he's the best. And I'll tell you, I'm yeah. excited for baseball, but it really doesn't get much better than those Coach Bowden stories at the very end. That was absolutely it's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. I'm really excited for their season. Obviously, uh, they open up this week. We're excited for them uh, to get rolling. Uh, James Madison, tomorrow at 6 p.m., uh, Saturday at 2, Sunday at 1. And then they play Samford. Speaking of Coach Bowden, they play Samford next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. Uh, and I'll be up there for uh, Friday, Saturday. I think I'm coming back Saturday night, but we'll be up there for the last one. Um, but they're awesome. Thanks to Harlan for uh, setting that up as always. But really, really cool to to chat with uh, Meet. 
Uh, I want to do something else real special. We won't be on here uh, a ton longer, but I do want to chat with uh, somebody that's very special to me, somebody that I'm very excited to chat with. I've got David from the, is it the Breesis company or is it just Breesis? Make sure I say this right. Don't mess it up too bad. But <laughs> the official empanada of Florida State. And we're going to talk about that. I'm excited for it. We brought him on for a reason on this episode. But David, how's it going today? Thanks, CJ. Uh, Richie, nice to formally meet you as well. Um, Absolutely, man. Really pleasured to be here right now. I think uh, it's a great opportunity to clarify some of the cadence around Brisas. Um, yeah. I think I want to make sure that the story is told from the perspective of uh, Florida State alums, actually, that uh, came together to come up with a project that we feel will become a part of FSU's culture. Uh, both for game day and for the student body and for alums. Um, so uh, Brisas is actually uh, however you want to call it. So it's technically <laughs> the original name is uh, Brisas Colombianas Bakery and Restaurant. And that was just a little too long back in like the 90s. So I convinced my dad to uh, shorten it to Brisas. And then the Brisas Corp or the Brisas Umbrella consists of the bakery restaurant side of the business, which is where we started the wholesale side of the business, which is Brisas Empanadas, which is the official empanada of Florida State Athletics. And then soon in the near future, Brisas Direct, which will be our e-commerce platform for people that want to bring empanadas to their household. Awesome. Um, David Orozco, I'm saying that right? Orozco? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Cool. That's, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I stopped by and we had, uh, I tried everything. Um, I needed a nap afterwards, and then he sent me home with even more food. But when I was in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, I tried, stopped by and tried everything. And I'll, I, I told you this then, uh, and we talked about this on the spaces you were on as well. When I first heard, like, oh, official empanada, like, what are, what are we doing? Like, why, why are we – what are we doing? Like, part, what does that even mean? Like, an official empanada. Like, why are we doing this? Like, can we just win game? But then I sat down, and we talked about it, and we really learned, like, the mission. That's really kind of what I wanted – to bring you on uh, because you are an FSU alum. Um, you are very passionate about Florida state. And so I wanted to kind of chat with you about some of those things, but before we do any of that, Richie, you live in the same city. This exists. And let me just tell you something, this Nutella empanada, like I actually made a joke about it when they come on the spaces. I was like, ah, well, Brendan's going to be upset if his Chick-fil-A cookie isn't there, you know, whatever. This Nutella empanada blows away like Chick-fil-A cookie. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to crap on Chick-fil-A. But this was so good. It wasn't even funny. He sent me home with like a whole package of them. And Kara was like, hey, you want to eat dinner? And I was like, I had like four of those empanadas when you weren't looking. Uh, so, no, I'm good on, on dinner tonight. So, I'm telling you, the product is great. Um, the first, as far as we know, first NCAA, a Power 5 um, empanada, official empanada that, that exists. Um, but the cool part about this is that the uh, – People can get these right now. We we brought you on strategically when Mike Martin was on, when we were talking baseball. But talk to us a little bit about where people can get these empanadas like already, like this can already happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give a ton of credit, first of all, to Florida State. The fact that the university was so open to this idea, I think, speaks volumes to how visionary leadership is at the school, both within academia and athletics and uh, the deal, long story short, because it's a little bit more intricate than the explanation I'm going to give you is, uh, right now, uh, 
Florida State Baseball is actually going to have our empanadas for the entire season for all home games and applicable tournament games. We're working on a solution for Florida State Softball. If you're aware, their concessions area has a smaller footprint. So we're still trying to figure out the right solution. But be on the lookout. We should be there for at least towards the end of the season, maybe some of the more uh, impactful games. I know the Oklahoma State games, one that we've got marked on our calendar, um, obviously the NCAA tournament, because uh, we assume that the, I mean, we're runner up, right? Like we, we have to at least make the tournament and no pressure to the girls, but we're the best in the country. Um, that's how we feel about Florida State softball. And then in the fall, we're going to be in women's soccer, obviously national champions. So I don't need to say much there. And empanadas at Doke. I mean, if that doesn't get you excited, let's then go. I, I don't know what to say then. Like, maybe you're not really, you know, the seminal you think you are. But <laughs> no, all jokes aside, uh, empanadas at Doke is a reality. All home games. Uh, the first home opener, the first game, which is the home opener, is going to be, I believe, the I can never pronounce their name right. Is it Duquesne? Duquesne. Yep. Yeah, there it is. I've been right, saying so, like Duquesne and everything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it like Duke, but plural? Like, I'm not sure. But. Yeah, so for Duquesne, we've got uh, empanadas will be available. And I don't want to tip my hat too much because we're working on a couple of really cool concepts. But there's some ideas being thrown around in the brainstorming room between us and Legends, which is the food and beverage and hospitality mm -hmm. provider for Florida State. They came on the scene replacing the incumbent, and they're very open to a lot of exotic ideas. Uh I might get in trouble for getting ahead of myself, but you know what? Let's get the people excited for football. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. We're talking about doing some form of like away game empanada. So depending on who you play, we do like a special batch empanada for that game. Um, so for example, if it's like the NC State game or if it's the Louisiana game, we would go with like barbecue for North Carolina mm, empanada. Or for uh, Louisiana, like a Cajun style, like a jambalaya empanada. Obviously, for the UF game, we're going to have to do a gator tail empanada. Like, no Love questions that. asked. Yes, sir. Uh, so, real creative on the football front because it's got, you know, obviously the largest attendance available. So, we can get uh, creative with it. Uh, but in the meantime, to answer your original question, TJ, for people that will be visiting Florida State and Tallahassee within the spring semester, definitely every baseball game, uh, working on softball, and then looking forward to the fall for women's soccer and football. You mentioned um, that's awesome. No, I'm sorry. I thought it was on mute for a second. Um, <laughs> you mentioned kind of like the diversity, um, inclusion side of things that Florida State's been pretty pretty forward with, and and you really like that they were, you know, kind of leading the front here. Talk to us a little bit through that, like how you know how important that is, because it's not just an empanada, right? Like there's this is a big this is a bigger picture. Talk to us kind of through some of that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that layup because it's my favorite part. Of, <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part to talk about. Uh, my family is actually uh, immigrants from South America, from uh, Medellin, Colombia. So, as a lot of you guys might know from like modern media, Colombia is portrayed in a lot of dramatic fashions. Never really empanadas, you would think first glance. You're probably thinking more like Netflix and like Cartagena and like traveling, but. What we intended to do when we created this side of Brisas, which is what Florida State was so open about, was our real mission. Like Brisas is really focused on bringing our cultures and the people that we represent to the masses and to markets that don't have access to said environments. So Tallahassee, Florida is a great example of that. 
Tallahassee is an incredibly diverse city. You've got politics, you've got the university, you've got the local economy. It's very inclusive. Uh, empanadas, from my understanding, are available in Tallahassee, but it's not the same as being in like a Miami or an Orlando or a Tampa, right? Um, and a lot of that has to do with backend supply chain. Uh, essentially, America as a country has really prioritized the growth of the eastern seaboard and the west coast when it comes to multiculturalness and when it comes to the inclusion of said foods. In other words, unless you don't have access to a local community of said food, you probably won't ever try said food. So in this particular case, empanadas is something that unifies South American, Latin American, Hispanic, Afro-Caribbean, Central American cultures. Every country in anything in the Southern hemisphere probably has an empanada or something like it. So Brisas aims to bring these products to the masses. The Florida State deal, as much as it is an incredible opportunity for us because it's our alma mater, is really our flagship uh, proof of concept that, hey, we can bring in food, but also education to mm -hmm. an environment that already has familiarity with it, but would really benefit from having true access to said culture or food. Um, and it's just, it's an incredible feeling. It really is because, you know, maybe I go to Florida State and I propose the idea and they look at me and say, hey, you know what, Dave, it sounds like a great idea, but we're not ready. You know, it's too many levers to pull. It's too much of an ob obstacle to overcome. And it was quite the opposite. Uh, athletics, legends, the school itself. Um, I have mentors within the College of Business from when I was undergrad. Anybody ever ran the idea of I jumped at it and said, when do we sign up? Like, when, when are we doing this? Like ASAP. And I originally thought that we were going to start for uh, August for the fall season because of the amount of time it would have taken between implementation and getting everybody on board. And nope, signatures happened in January <laughs> and we were announcing through FSU Spaces a couple of weeks ago. So everything went really fast because of Florida State's and all the associated parties' willingness to embrace diversity. Yeah, and Dave, shame on me. I, I'm from such Florida. I've been back here since 2012, and I have not been to the Brisas here in Orlando. I just looked it up. It's 12 minutes from my house with traffic. So I, I, will, I will definitely get there within the next week. Uh, no, no, and I don't blame tomorrow. you, Richie. Tomorrow, I don't. tomorrow, <laughs> or you're dead. I'll, I'll meet you tomorrow. Let's grab, let's grab some lunch. Opening so, day, let's go. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 may, I may stop there uh, after work tomorrow because before I go to Universal. So we'll, we'll yeah, figure well, that out for sure. I don't blame you, Richie, and that's actually by design so that you also understand. We're really a northern-based company. Um, out of the seven restaurant locations, there's only one in Orlando. So we have six in New Jersey. We have the official empanada of the New York Red Bulls, which is our yeah. MLS partnership where we prove that an official empanada designation works in the market. And Orlando was always our experimental kind of city because it's so multicultural. There's so much yeah. tourism that we really used Orlando as our research and development hub to get recipes down, to get combos down. It's kind of like, if you've ever heard stories of people that work for CPG or like big, big firms, they'll choose like random cities across America to roll out products before they go national with it. That's that's essentially what Orlando has been for us. And due to the pandemic, New York and New Jersey economically just shut down in 2020. And we pivoted to really bet on Florida and the Southeast. And that's why you're now going to see our presence grow dramatically within Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, et cetera.
Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about that before I send it back to TG to close this out. Is the next steps because uh, you just mentioned you, you really benefited. You know, the pandemic obviously in a lot of states really hurt the hospitality industry, and, and Florida was no exception for for a while. But obviously, you know, things opened back up a little quicker here. Um, but what are the next steps? Whether it be e-commerce, I know you mentioned a lot of the Florida metros that are going on. I mean, am I going to see you on Shark Tank in the next six months or so? Because it, I, it, it's exciting to hear, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate uh, the forward thinkingness of it. Uh, it's pretty simple. Our growth plan is separated in two divisions, uh, wholesale, uh, and that's the one we've been developing since 2018. And with the wholesale division, we're able to essentially open up shop and bring Brisas anywhere in the country that has a, a road, literally, because all of our all of our products are uh, fully pre-cooked and frozen. You literally just have to put it in an oven or a deep fryer and it's good to go. Um, so on the wholesale side, we go into metros, we set up relationships with distributors, with your local restaurants, bakeries, clubs, school systems, airports. And then you as the consumer go eat a brisas empanada and you might not even know it's a brisas empanada because we do a lot of private label where the local chain of bakeries calls it X empanada instead of brisas empanada. And they have the right to use it as a brisas empanada, but if they choose to keep it as their own in-house proprietary branding, no harm, no foul. On the other side of the business, what you alluded to is the e-commerce platform, um, brisas direct. We actually have had it complete since 2019. Um, we held off on going live with it because at the time New York was our only focus and we felt that it may have been overboard to just do e-commerce and already have such a heavy presence in the New York Metro. Pandemic happens. Everybody's stuck at home. Uh, nobody's going to restaurants anymore. So our revenue is just, just shot. We pivot to Florida. Florida at the time and still is I'm pretty sure it's the state where the most amount of people are moving to in the entire yeah. country. Um, and that means people are coming in from different parts of the country who may already be familiar with our products. So it's less of a learning curve. It's a lower barrier of entry. And we realized, okay, we got to turn on Brisa's direct, but we got to do it the right way and at the right time. So we use 2021 really as our getting our feet set in the state, setting up a couple of key partnerships that we needed. Brisa's direct and our e-commerce platform should be up and running by the end of the spring semester. So nice. within the next three to four months, if you go to Florida State, you try our product and you say, I need this in my house, like TJ loves the Nutella empanada, right? I don't want TJ driving an hour and a half to the nearest Brisas uh, just for a Nutella empanadas. I mean, it'd be great to catch up because <laughs> TJ's, we've created a cool relationship, but that's not fair to everybody else that is within driving distance of Orlando, but doesn't have access to the product, right? So it's like, we tease you, we get you excited, and then you go home and nothing, right? So that's why we need to turn on our e-commerce platform before the end of this semester, at least before the start of football season, guaranteed. So so I know you said you can, you know, bake it, throw it in a deep fryer. Can I throw this thing in an air fryer? Because I feel like everyone's on the air fryer rage these uh, days. Yes, from experience, yes. So I'm just <laughs> telling you, those Nutellas are great. Yeah, I've done it. Hey, TJ answered it for me. Our entire thing is if you've never had our products, you should still be able to prepare the product, consume the product, and then tell people how much you love the product. And I'm pretty sure TJ's done like all three pretty well. So it's you, working. Like, he was talking yeah. private text messages like the day he left Orlando. So I was like, dude, this is so good. I mean, 
I was going to say like that timing is perfect too. Cause we're everybody watching or listening knows this, but like we're expecting number three and like may. So like into the spring semester, I'm going to be home from work for a few weeks. I'll probably put on some LBs just, you know, when the baby gets here, but I'll be ordering those breezes direct. Like, yeah, I, mean, I can't wait for that. Like I'm excited. Yeah. So no, but we wanted to have you on, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, Wanted to be able to tell people a little bit more about what Breesis was. They see a they see a news drop or they see a tweet, official impanade of FSU. And just like me, they probably thought, like, what in the world is this? But when I came to the restaurant, I fell in love with your food, but I also really loved your story. Everything you talked about from the fact that you were a Florida State uh, alum, you are passionate about the school, you're passionate about, you know, again, this being bigger than just an empanada, bigger than just, you know, something that people can consume, it, it reaches different levels of diversity and bring in different cultures together and different things like that. And I, I fell in love not only with the food, but also your story and what you guys are doing. And again, if you're watching this, if you're watching the baseball preview show, you can go pick this up at the baseball game tomorrow, this weekend. I'm going to go grab someone. I'm in town, you know, like this is, you know, this was really cool to me. It was really important to kind of get you on and and talk about it a little bit. We'd love to have you back as, as you kind of have more stuff coming out, more stuff developing. But this was important for me to do because I really, shoot, I ate a lot of empanadas that weekend that we got together. <laughs> so, And I'm telling yeah. you, it wasn't just the Nutella ones. Like the carne ones were great. Yeah. They have some the, bread and stuff there. Like they got a lot of yeah. good stuff going on, Richie. You got to go. You, make sure you, you got to there, have, give you the, you got to have the, the gluten-free ones, right? You got to have the yeah. corn shop. Those love are wild. Those. Like, yeah, those are nuts. There, we make this gluten free yellow empanada that's like traditionally crunchy, Colombian. real crunchy. Yep, oh yep. My that'll be available at Florida State. They have the the corn, the gluten free vegetarian version, which is cheese with corn, and it's really good. That's actually in Tallahassee too for our gluten free vegetarian crowd. So, Dave, I, I was uh, messaging back and forth with my uh, booster rep today. The and, and it's different for me just because I know him through the alumni association. So he's strictly for Orlando. And I was asking, man, I saw Mike was in Pensacola. Is he coming to Orlando? He's like, yeah, probably after the spring game. You might need to reach out to Booster and say, hey, do you need this event catered? Because uh, it sounds like a match made in heaven. Because uh, I was told Mike Norvell is taking the spring Booster tour to Orlando. That's not been announced. I don't know if I can break that news, but I've, rumor has it, I guess. But just throwing <laughs> that out there. Hey, hey, if you got to edit it out later, no worries. Uh, but I no, will we added add, nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> I will add that I'm a booster as well. And shout out, like, if you want to do a cool shout out, if anybody knows Ryan Mullins, Ryan Mullins is my booster rep for Florida State. Ryan and I had a conversation in October where we were talking about uh, how great, you know, the Notre Dame game was. I can't believe we lost, but looking forward to the team pulling it through. We go on that crazy win streak. We're back, right? Like we're feeling the energy. And I'm telling Ryan, man, could you imagine if we're at the Miami game and we're eating empanadas because he knows about recess and he goes, Dave, I love that idea. And I'm like, yo, Ryan, can you put me through to anybody at Boosters or anybody at, at Learfield IMG who runs the multimedia partnership? And Ryan Mullins was the, first domino to tip to get the ball rolling to get empanadas at florida state so he's low-key a florida state legend and you would never know it so <laughs> i don't know if, <laughs> i don't know if you i was supposed to say that ryan but shout out to ryan mullins that's my boy all right hey the florida state it. community takes care of each other and i love seeing that and i love hearing stories like that and i hope everybody listening especially if you're in the central florida area go check them out and uh, support no owned businesses i i'd love doing that any chance i can 
Yeah, you can also follow him on Twitter. I mean, there's other ways, right? Like if you're not in Orlando or you're not going to Tallahassee right away, obviously we'll get the Breeze's direct info out to folks once this is live and going. You can also follow him on social media. They're very active on Twitter. That's where we all kind of linked up through the spaces. Um, do you do you have the handles right in front of? I mean, I think the Twitter is just Bree, at Breeze. Yeah, at Breeze's, and then. I, we're working on getting them all updated, but at Brisas and Jay for Instagram and for Facebook, because obviously we started as a New Jersey company, but now that we're yeah. going national, we're trying to change the cadence to at Brisas. So at Brisas uh, for the Twitter, that's where we're the most active. And that's really because we feel that Twitter is the easiest way to just have a normal conversation with people. Obviously yeah, you've got your extremes on yeah. both sides, whether or not, you know, you're the craziest FSU fan of all time, or just like, a casual fan. We love having dialogue with anybody that wants to learn about Brisas and what we're doing with FSU. Awesome. Well, David, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, please let us know if there's anything we can do to help you guys, anything that we can help push, anything that we can kind of let the people know about. Um, you're always welcome here. And hopefully we're always welcome at the uh, restaurant in Orlando. I'm going to go see yeah. Richie just so I can go get more empanadas. <laughs> so last thing then, since you're saying how we can help, I'm going to show you a little something that we did for our old fans uh -oh. of New Jersey. Little Bree Sauce Ultra merch. I love this it. Is our, okay. our our first uh, conglomerate or collective of Bree Sauce fans up at Red Bull. They called themselves the Bree Sauce Ultra. So we made merch for them and tagged it up. And then they we handed it out. And people wear these to the games to watch Red Bull and eat empanadas. So, so <laughs> sneak peek, we're going to be making some Bree Sauce Knolls or some Bree Sauce FSU merch. We got to come up with a cool tag for it, though. So we'll be on the lookout for those. Is it, I, is it a conflict of interest to get me a Orlando City uh, Brisa shirt? Because uh, uh, I feel like we're not rivals, of man. You know, they play uh, each other. I mean, well, how about this? This is actually a, something very hot off the press. Just be on the lookout for something associated with Orlando City in the Ooh, next couple of weeks. I will be there. I cannot I wait. Cannot I was going to say, I can't, I can't wear – Breaking uh, all the news on here today. I was going to say, everything going on. I – uh. I went up in the press box a couple of times last year and, you know, obviously you can't wear like an FSU shirt up in the press box or whatever. And so, but I can wear a Brisa shirt up in the press box. Like there's no rule hey, against that. So there it is. Give me one. Yeah, and I'll wear that every Brisa's time. Ultra. That's you. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks guys. I really no, appreciate the you. conversation. Yeah. Thanks, anytime, David. man. Thank you so much for, for coming on and hanging out a little bit tonight. Thank you guys. Take care and going holes. Going holes, buddy. Thanks Dave. David Orozco, uh, CEO of Brisa's. That was fun. That was a fun interview. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. I'm telling you, Richie, I am not putting on for the camera. Like, it, they were incredible. And he kept bringing on more stuff. I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to get yelled at. Like, Kara's going to yell at. But, like, everything he brought out was so good. So, <laughs> go check them out. If you're in the Orlando area, follow them on social media, interact with them. Um, you know, their support – at the end of the day, they're supporting Florida State. Yeah. And so, we we try to – you know, Knowles take care of Knowles. We try to support people that support FSU. And, and you know, we try to use our platform for for just that. Um I've got one more thing. I've got like a shout out, and then we'll get out of here. Do you have anything before we go? I don't think so. I, I've Nobody's been up getting, since. I've been up since getting married this week. I'm, I'm going to a wedding this weekend, but it's. No, a, I can't believe it. it it's a, well, it's a local one. It's one of my employees, um, so I, I won't be long at the reception. Won't be getting rowdy or anything like that. But definitely looking forward to going and supporting her. Cool. Um, well, my. My good buddy, his name is Michael Lortz. Um, he wrote a book that we talked about a while ago on here. It's called Curveball at the Crossroads. Uh, let me make sure I'm getting that correct. Um, he is doing a book. He's going to be up in Tallahassee 
this weekend doing a book signing. So um, he's an FSU graduate um, who also uh, graduated from their creative writing department. He is doing a book signing at Midtown Reader Saturday at 2.30. I know that's during the game, but if you didn't get tickets to the game, go by, see them. He's doing a book signing there. I read the book. It's actually really, really good. Um, essentially, not to spoil too much of it, but a guy makes the a pitcher makes a deal with the devil and uh, to be able to pitch a little bit better. And it's really, really good fiction book, obviously, but book signing there on Saturday, 219 from 230 to 330 at Midtown Reader. Um, Richie, do you have anything else before we get out of here? I guess you, you gave yours. I don't think so. Uh, shout out uh, real quick. Shout out Florida state, uh, basketball, but really gritty win against Clemson. And, uh, I, I want to get his name right. Cause ham did a phenomenal job and it wasn't, you know, it was completely natural. Um, it, it, TJ, do you remember the name? One of the student managers, uh, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Uh, and the team had found out just before that Clemson game. At, um, I think it was named as Jamie Lynn. Uh, if, I, if that's wrong, I, I apologize. Jared but, Lynn. Uh, Jared Lynn. There it is. Name. Thank you. Thank you. Um, prayers to him and his family and the Florida State basketball community and the basketball managers. I saw the UF basketball student manager account has been, you know, tweeting in his support for, for you know, the past few days. Uh, terrible news, such a young person, but. You know, you have all of Null Nation behind you, Jared, and, uh, you know, we're going to fight this with you the, the best we can. Uh, seeing him, how emotional he got, tells me how much he, that, you know, Jared means to not just Coach Ham, but the, the basketball team and the university as a whole. Uh, not trying to end it on a down note, but I, I definitely wanted to mention that because that's, again, the, the theme of the, the last half of this podcast is Null supporting Nulls and I definitely want him to know that, you know, we are there with you, our thoughts and prayers, uh, and we'll fight any way we can. Yeah. Shout out FSU softball team who's again, beating the heck yeah. out of uh, Tennessee right now. It's nine to three as we start to wrap up and get out of here. Uh, shout out baseball who starts their season um, swimming and divings at the ACC's right now. I saw track and field's yeah. got some stuff going on. So ton going on, check out double fries, no slaw for more information on that. Um, we will be back on Sunday, normal time. No pop-ups between now and then. I mean, unless the legend wants to jump on. I mean, I mean, we're yeah. always down. I'm not gonna turn down somebody that's you know wanting to come on here and talk, but we'll be back Sunday at normal time. Thank you guys for hanging out. Until next time, go Noles. <laughs>